This episode of Brain Injury Today is sponsored by the law offices of Schrader, Goldmark, and Bender and produced by Goal 17 Foundation. Recovery is out there and seeing the experience of other families with brain injury is so valuable because you know you're not alone in this. Welcome to another episode of Brain Injury Today, your connection to the brain injury community. I'm Deborah Crawley, Executive Director of the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. I'm so glad you're here to join us today and welcome our guests, Sims Weimuller and Stacy Canole. Sims and Stacy are parents to a young man who sustained a traumatic brain injury and strong supportive members of the brain injury community. They give of their time, they give of their talents, and they give of their heart in supporting other families who are also experiencing the journey of brain injury. Hi, you two. Hi, thanks so much for having us. Hi there, thank you for having us today. Oh, our pleasure. So by day, Sims is an attorney supporting other families going through um, some difficult journeys of their own. Uh, Stacy. Uh, for many years was also a practicing attorney, uh, most recently um, at Nordstrom's, which I always thought, well, I'm going to be an attorney. Might as well be one for Nordstrom's. And that's my discount of nothing else, right? So um, very busy, very busy family, um, two children, um, active, you know, doing it all. And then one day I get a call from Sims and introduces himself and talks about that the family had um, become part of our community. You know, this journey was still in the early stages, but that he was reaching out to find out what else the Brain Injury Alliance did. Um, he had kind of heard bits and pieces, um, but not everything. Um, and your son was young. Sam is the son for, uh, who uh, sustained a brain injury. So I'm going to ask for you to kind of go back, Sims, and give us, uh, you know, how did how did it happen, and kind of that whole lead-in until you found the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington, because you two were on it pretty quickly in a lot of ways, and that was, of course, so so paramount in um, Sam's support throughout. Yeah. Um, well, I I had heard of the Brain Injury Alliance um, of Washington just in my practice as a trial lawyer and uh, representing um, individuals and families who've been injured, but but I hadn't really uh, engaged or accessed the way I, I wished. <laughs> I wish I had now, um, and and really understood it in um, in all the services that the organization offers. But we, as you say, kind of met met the brain injury community in a more uh, sincere way when Sam got injured. And I can tell you the the um, well the there's there's a short version and there's a really long painful version of the story, but I'll start with the short one. We um, uh, at the time Sam was four and our older son Peter was six and uh, it was a uh, rainy October day, one of the days off of school for I can't remember what what reason, um, but I was home with the boys on a Friday and it had been pouring all morning. And then finally there was a little break in the rain and uh, about midday. So we went to a little local park where we'd like to go to the creek. There's a little creek going through the park and we would go fishing, which I put in air quotes because I would throw leaves in the in the creek and then they would take sticks and stab the leaves out and catch catch the leaves as fish. And that was one of the things we loved to do uh, at that age. And um, we were just finishing up. Um, you know, it um, it was time to get back, kind of get cleaned up and get home for some lunch. And the boys were had, uh, rinsing their hands, you know, of all the mud. Um, you know, I like to get the first layer off in the creek before we get home. Um, mm -hmm. uh, when uh, I heard an ear splitting crack, 
and looked up to see a hundred foot maple tree um, falling our direction. And um, I grabbed both the kiddos and ran um, and just didn't um, and quite make it far enough. And, um, and the tree came down on top of the three of us. And, um, you know, you don't, I don't think you sort of think of trees as tall. You don't think of them as, as wide. Um, and, and so it, it felt like it was coming down forever. I just, it just kept coming and hitting us and, um, you know, it's a pretty, pretty tremendous, um, experience and, and noise. I mean, it just, you know, it was just the voice of raise and ruin yeah. all around us. Um, and, you know, Peter, fortunately, who was kind of more underneath me, was was just not a scratch. Um, and he, he, as soon as the, it stopped, he just lit out through the, through the remnants of the tree, running, screaming full speed away from us. Um, but then I looked down at Sammy and um and I saw an enormous gash on his head or the left left side of his uh head and you know um you know as scalp injuries do it, it began bleeding pretty severely and, yeah. and so I picked him up and I also felt that his right right leg was broken it was just this femur had snapped um over you know sort of over my arm as I lifted him up and um and you know i kind of uh began yelling for help and and telling pete to go uh run to the local church right next door mm-hmm. uh, church and ymca to tell them to call 911 um and uh eventually kind of made my way that the path was obscured by the tree for me peter could get through it just fine being a Life, little kid, but I couldn't mm-hmm. get through it holding Sam, so I had to kind of try and make my way up a a hillside. Um, and um, in any event, eventually we um, got to the sort of reception area of the church, and they had called nine one one, and then um, and the folks at the YMCA uh, helped us out right away, and uh, and medic one arrived well actually first first it was the fire department mm-hmm. um to help assess and then medic one um and uh you know I, I will just pause there and say that of you know all the places to have this catastrophic injury you know having the resources of seattle and mm-hmm. king county um mm-hmm. at your fingertips is are incredible i mean mm-hmm. it's just um you know if we had been in a in a remote rural locale, I fear it may have been a very different ending. Um, mm-hmm. But they were just phenomenal and, mm-hmm. and um, uh, responded. I mean, it, it felt like it was <laughs> hours, but it was minutes, you know. Um, and I remember during those minutes, um, I was obviously worried about brain injury. Sam was in and out of consciousness, and I had him laying on the floor and and. Uh, I realize I'm tilting my head to the side because I just remember laying with my cheek on the floor and his cheek on the floor, mm-hmm. looking at him. I'm sorry, Sims. I did not realize the extent of this because when yeah. I think when you told it was, you know, I must have gotten the short version. Yeah. It seemed more like a branch yeah. fell and hit <laughs> Sam, not you know this. this yeah, no, it was the you know tree. almost you know, out of a, out of a story, you know, it's out of a movie where you see, you know, a a whole tree, you know, losing its grip and falling. And I'm sorry that you went through that. And, you know, think in ways though, thankfully you were there with the boys, that tree was going to fall. For me, it was, it had lost its, its time on, of, of being a beautiful part of, you know, that, that area. And, uh, I think thankfully you were there because you were able to react so much quicker than the boys would have alone or with someone else or even a young babysitter or whatever. It would have been fairly overwhelming. And I do agree with you. Services here, because you mentioned in particular, 
you know, if I have the medic one is yeah. outstanding and I will do a shout out to medic one every, any yeah. and every day. Mm -hmm. um, so now I'm going to switch over because a question now, and I, I did this, had this question with another family and I had not known and Stacy and I've only met a few times, but I, Stacy, how did you learn? I mean, that's a tough one as a mom, you know, probably working at the time. Right, right. I was working. I was in downtown Seattle in an office building in my office, and I was about to fly out for a work trip. So when Sims and I had decided who was going to stay home with the kids on this day off school in the middle of October, I had said, well, I have a lot I need to work on before I head out of town for work. And so I was... And then, of course, you always kind of rethink all the all the little things that happened in the lead up. So I got I missed calls from Sims. I think I had my ringer off because I was in the office. And then I saw text messages and knew something was wrong yeah. for him to have called repeatedly and text me. And and he said something along the lines of in text, Sam's hurt. It's his head. And it's just the worst I mean, that's oh, as a parent, you're, so you just, you know, things, yeah. everything is, has changed and you yeah. just don't know how bad it is. Oh. So I, I did have a car there, but my team at work had actually talked through years before about emergency protocols. And someone had said, you know, if you're rushing to meet a, an injured family member, you don't want to drive because that's not safe. And I, I remembered that. So I ran to the cab line at the West End downtown and I jumped in a cab and I said, take me to Harborview um, because I called Sims while I was running to the cab line. And he said, and I said, where do I go? And he said, we're going to Harborview. And uh, so I jumped in a cab and I told the driver to take me to Harborview. And he said, what happened? And I said, I don't know, my four-year-old is hurt. It's his head. And in a red light, the driver put his head on the steering wheel and started praying in another language. Oh. And I remember that just meant so much to me. And then we got to Harborview and I gave him every dollar I had in my purse, <laughs> which was way more than what the cab fare was. But I, I think at that point I was already doing what a lot of families do, that magical thinking that if I do everything right here going forward, then Sam will be okay. So I met uh, Sims and Sam in the emergency room. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how I lot. found out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's, it's just as traumatic really for you as it was for Sims being there. So, and I think Peter has his own lens and vision. Yeah, yeah it's, um on the way to Harborview, we couldn't have Peter come in in the ambulance. And so um, Harvey, uh, who was the athletic director um, at uh, the YMCA at the and time, um, he jumped to and and he said, I'll take him, um, you know, which I know must have been terrifying for that little guy. But he had a, um, you know, a, a, a kind guiding hand in Harvey yeah. to get us there. And then, of course, we get to get to Harborview, and it's just incredible. I know Stacy had arrived ahead of us, and they had called ahead. But, you know, to hit the doors of that incredible trauma mm -hmm. center and to have mm -hmm. what what I don't think is an exaggeration to say is 20 professionals waiting for us when we hit the doors to come in to immediately evaluate and assess and treat Sam was just remarkable. I can't say enough about Harborview. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, you know, every specialty you can, you know, uh, acute care and, uh, you know, there was obviously the neurology team and the neurosurgery team and a cardiac team was there. And the IT, I mean, it was just the pediatric um, team, the pediatric team. I mean, it right. was just, and they all worked seamlessly together. It was yeah. amazing to see, um, these folks, there was no, you know, ego involved in anybody, you know, no turf wars or anything like that. It was just everybody working like a, you know, well-oiled machine to evaluate Sam. They decided to do CTs uh, right away because they could, you know, you could see that he had a fracture. Um, he was in and out of consciousness and, um, and then they made, you know, the decision that he was going to need 
surgery. And I'll tell you what, looking at the, the CT when it first came through um, was another harrowing experience, you know, to see the fractured skull, there was a portion of the skull that had indented into the brain. And, um, you know, the good news was that there was no frank hemorrhaging. There was no, no, no very, you know, sort of large hematoma or anything that they could see. And they were quite hopeful that they could do a repair and that, you know, he may have no, you know, lasting um, brain injury, which didn't turn out to be the case, um, which we can talk about. But, um, but just their immediate response and, and incredible care was phenomenal. They ended up doing a, you know, multiple hour surgery mm -hmm. on Sam where they reapproximated the parts of mm -hmm. the skull and mm -hmm. had to use these absorbable plates, um, you know, to, to help uh, restructure his skull. And, and the surgeon said that he had looked through the dural lining and, and could actually visualize the brain and said he couldn't see any visible brain injury even during surgery. Um, and so we were quite hopeful that when he woke up um, that he would be, uh, you know, back to normal. And, you know, unfortunately that was not the case. Um, we, uh, you know, he, even after the sort of effects of, uh, general anesthesia wore off, he wasn't, um, wasn't speaking, wasn't mm -hmm. speaking and, and showed signs of hemiplegia, you know, left side brain injury, right side, um, you know, inability, uh, to move. And so his, you know, in the in his face, is you you know could only move the left side of his face and and the left side of his body, not not the right side. Um, so we you know there was additional diagnostics and including a, an MRA, you know, where they look at the vasculature to see if there right. was some some kind a of stroke, blood yeah. vessel energy, mm -hmm. yeah, and and that found um, you know what they call petechial hemorrhaging, which is a bunch of small hemorrhages globally, mainly in the frontal part of the brain, mm -hmm. but, um, and so that, um, that was, that was concerning, um, and obviously that was really the, the nature of the injury was less of mm -hmm. a one big, um, injury, but sort of yeah. acceleration, yeah. deceleration, yes. uh, injury, um, and, um, and then we kind of knew we were in, in for a longer haul as we, uh, tried to navigate that but they you know then you know the next the next great Harborview team jumped in in terms of the um you know the OTPT yes. folks um, yeah and I don't know if I'm getting too far ahead but I just no that's I, great I remember one um one physical or it's a speech therapist right honey yeah. it was a speech therapist and and because he wasn't wasn't talking and and they were just so wonderful and gentle with him and and just just tried to kind of get him to make sounds. I think this is on day two or three. We were there for seven days before children's and it's all a blur and it seems like months, but um, you know, she, she had, I think it was a little plane, a toy plane and just said, what is it? What sound does a plane make? You know, whoosh, whoosh, you know, and then he started to make the sound whoosh. And then she had a little fire engine. And what sound does that make? Wee, you, wee, you. And he did a little faint, wee, you, wee, you. And, yeah, he hadn't been able to speak for days and days, and that was terrifying, not only because we didn't understand what that meant, but it sure didn't seem good, but it also, it just felt like he was trapped. We didn't, we couldn't communicate with him. We weren't sure he was understanding what we were saying or what was happening, and he's a bright kid, and he was four and a half, so, yeah. you know, he, we, it was just very difficult. And that speech therapist, it just felt like she was a miracle worker when after, I think it was nearly a week of him being unable to speak and she's coaxed that out of him Those and was able sounds. for days and days to work with him to get the neural pathways to start reconnecting to mm -hmm. get that to happen. And on the day when he was actually saying words, we were just beside ourselves, and we said, how can we thank you? What can we do? How do we ever thank you for this miracle? And I remember she, this was in the hallway right outside of Sam's room at Harborview. And she said, tell everyone that this is what brain injury recovery looks like. It's slow. Wow. It's hard. Yeah. 
yeah brain injury recovery is this and tell everyone i love her it sounds like it was a her and i'm glad you mentioned because the ot speech i mean early on and through many many years and for many many folks still now are are like our golden eggs right Mm -hmm. so critical and i i just always encourage people um especially we work with a lot more adults than kids but anyone to like do all take all of those anything you can get during the year like if you have an appointment that you know you're due because of your insurance i'm like well, just go get some more because they're the best and they really i, I just heard a lot game changers for, for so many folks because so many people really do have in particular the speech and you know the, the speech is such an important part of our communication obviously and and that they're, as you said, you know, just the coaxing and they have so many different little tools and ways of working with individuals that, you know, from their, their professional backgrounds and education that I, I'm just always amazed. And they're usually, honestly, some of the kindest people I have yeah. ever met yeah. during my work at the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. I, they are so wonderful across the state, just a lot of them lead support groups and other things. And like this, this gal said, it, you know, they're kind of like the, out there letting folks know they attend our events. And um, I'm really glad we're giving a shout out to them because I, I think that's actually a group that I need to get on a Brain Injury Today podcast because yeah. I think they're really the unsung heroes in so many ways. So Sam was at Harborview, it sounds like, for seven to 10 days, and then perhaps over to Children's Rehab. Is that what, what occurred? Yeah, that's right. We went to Children's next, and we, he was inpatient for better part of a month, almost a, a month uh, inpatient there. And, you know, uh, of course, um, you know, we were there. Stacy really had dropped everything and was there all the time. Um, with him and, you know, just lived with him at, at children's. Um, and um, so many great, great practitioners there, um, you know, again, speech therapy and physical therapy um, and OT and, you know, cause he had to relearn how to w- not only speak, but how to walk and move and eat and toilet, and, you know, everything. Yeah. He was starting over as a four and a half year old yeah. um, from, you know, the beginning there and um, just, just a tremendous facility. Um, and, yeah. you know, I think in addition to the facility too, we um, going through that kind of experience, you, you know, you, they're the, they're the close friends and family that, you know, they have to be there. They have to show up and they did wonderfully. Mm-hmm. So, and we, you know, are very fortunate, but it's also, you sort of become aware of the larger, you know, sort of a few further valences out um, uh, the, the larger sort of community um, that we're fortunate enough to have in, in for us in West Seattle here in Seattle generally. Um, and, and just a, an outpouring of support and concern and, you know, love and prayers and hope and yeah. rays of light. We, yeah, take it we all. Were, we were taking, taking, take it, taking it all, Right. you know, and, and for, um, because it was, um, you know, for me, there, there was obviously the, the shock and terror of the event and the enormous tragedy their family was um, experiencing, but obviously, you know, a lot of, a lot of sort of, guilt you know for me and could I have done something different what should I have done differently and and to change this and you do a lot of second guessing and I I have to say that um, I've always hoped and believed that there was this unspoken unseen network of connectivity uh, among our community and and the world writ large and and one of the silver linings of this event was that I got to see that. I got to, nice. yeah. you know, visually see the the matrix yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. because it it you know um, peeled me up off the floor, and and that kind of support allowed me to provide right. the support that then I needed to for for Peter and for Sam both. Right. Um, uh, and uh, and you mentioned PD before. It is um, you know. A, a, he all, all of a sudden was a distant second fiddle because we had to put everything into Sam and he was just in, 
and you know continued to be our our little hero um and, and just what a retired. good guy what a good yeah. big brother right so. it was it was when he showed up at the hospital it was the first time we saw sam smile after his injury <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nice yeah nice and i think that's true you know you had all that support and and, and I, I think i mean really you did have a lot more than a lot of the families that we work with and i think that's we, we we know that so we see that and I, I i hear you very grateful for it sims um yeah but it's also kind of you know in my day-to-day work here at brain injury alliance is how do we replicate that for others or mm-hmm. how do we support or try to find those support for others i mean i think that's for us the whole point of building a community and stacy yeah. back to your point of telling others because now you're part of you know maybe i can help someone else you know i I get it. You guys get it. You you're from the inside now. Unfortunately, not not where you ever want it. But um, just how how does that you know as you're moving through and as Sam was moving through his injury for those you know you can either start back in or jump forward. But the stories of making sure others kind of understood fully what what's happening and and how a brain injury you know, has a journey of, of healing. It's not just a healed day. All of a sudden, it's not like a bone where they're going to take an x-ray and say, well, the bone's healed. We're good. Take care. See ya. Right. It, it's a journey of healing is, is what the brain injury is. And because now we're Sam's how old? He's nine. Nine, nine now. Yeah. It was four and a half years ago. And yeah. it was just before he was to enter kindergarten. So he, he had his injury if yeah. he was four and a half, right? So you're you're there through the fall. So that next fall, so a lot of rehab, I'm sure, mm-hmm. being done at once inpatient and then outpatient. Yeah. So you start entering the school system as a five-year-old. So how did you guys kind of prep for that? Well, I say I will say that that Stacy is our best brain injury ambassador for all these things so maybe i'll let you take that on because she handled it with grace that i didn't have oh thanks honey um yeah i mean there's so much i could say on this topic but i think just bringing up kindergarten that's a really good point which is navigating the school system with a child who has higher needs than a neurotypical child is very confusing and the learning curve on all of this is really difficult. It, it, Sims and I often felt like we were learning a new language when we were navigating the world of brain injury with the specialists that are needed, the therapists. Um, it's, it's, a, it's confusing. And, and like you mentioned earlier, we, ha- we come to the table with a lot going for us. We have a local community. We have, edu- you know, highly educated backgrounds we have resources and even that said navigating this felt extremely difficult and confusing and I so often would be at appointments with Sam I mean he had therapy or medical appointments almost daily during the acute phase which was close to a year after his injury and Mm -hmm. I would go to these appointments and I would see people arriving in cabs or in, you know, on buses with translators. And my heart would sometimes break because this was a very difficult time. We were dealing with the trauma of the accident and the changes in our life. Um, The acute phase was very, very difficult on Sam. Uh, as anyone with a brain injury can has lived or can imagine. I know it's slightly different for everyone. And we had so many needs. And mm. I, I would look at all the other families who were there also trying to navigate this. I mean, I would walk away from so many medical appointments, having taken notes, having asked a lot of mm-hmm. questions, having done a lot of prep work in mm-hmm. advance having had other specialists help advise me about what to ask or wonder or make sure I found out. But I would still leave these appointments very confused, not understanding this world of the brain. It's very complicated. Um, 
even the specialists, they have different levels of understanding and knowledge, different ways of speaking about it. I mm -hmm. think a lot of people are trying not to talk over your head, but it's very hard not to. And so I would take these pages and pages and pages of notes and then come home and, and really have so much trouble parsing through it. And I, I all the time think about the people who are navigating that by themselves or right. navigating that where they're not um, fluent in the language. English is a second, right, right. Exactly. Using translators. Taking in this information, not in their, their native language. And I, I just, I can't fathom that. And, but I will also say one thing that was very confusing was there were so many specialists and helpers mm -hmm. involved so many different doctors, so many different care teams, so many different therapists. Um, you know, at one point, Sam had a, a speech therapist, physical therapist, occupational therapist, cognitive behavioral therapist. We were in therapy because of the trauma and how this has mm -hmm. upended our mm -hmm. life. And, you know, a friend of mine, I had one time, she saw a list of all the appointments we had. And that's not even to mention all of the different medical specialists right. we were seeing. And she was, she just had to laugh. It was like, you know, an old episode of Oprah, you get a therapist and you get a therapist and you get a therapist. I want the car. I wanted the free car. I didn't want the free therapist. So. Spa vacation, please. <laughs> yes. Um, and it was very hard, even at the time, even looking back, not just through the lens of trauma, but it was very hard to understand how all these people fit in what we had to do to help mm -hmm. his recovery, what was mm -hmm. optional, mm -hmm. um, who, what the pecking order was, because right. we would get very conflicting medical and recovery advice. And huh. we, we, at the time, like some said, we didn't plug into the brain injury Alliance at the time. I think we were given materials on it, but we were so overwhelmed yeah. with what the options were. And without having anybody in our corner who understood brain injury, it just felt like we were walking with our eyes closed through a dark cave and we didn't have anyone to guide us. And the level of, of confusion was very difficult to navigate. It is a lot. I mean, and, you know, it's hard for families. Like, we, you know, we're here and the service are here and they're free, but it's very much, Stacey, what you just said. We hear it many times like, oh, I just wish I'd, you know, been able to find you because, and I might've known that it was so overwhelming. And it's just, you were going, like you said, you had a calendar that had something going every day, if not twice a day. So when were I, when would you have even found time to Google us and give us a call? And that's a difficult piece. And it is, you had priorities, you, you know, first up. So, because it, it takes a bit. And um, I think what you said about you know, you were a great note taker. I love that because that's a huge thing with so many of our families and really what we often do for those folks who don't have anyone else. Like if we're attending an appointment, much of it is, especially if it's either an individual who has a brain injury and maybe a caregiver is we're the note takers and then we're the translators to even the physician of like, you know, this is, we got to take the notes. We need to write things down. Anything you can provide written down is going to be better afterwards because either the survivors, one that can remember, but then the caregivers overwhelmed. They need it, we need it in a written format to support them. And I think in general, just that role of caregivers, whether it's parents such as yourself or spouses, or for some folks, they're the adult children, is the caregivers are really the ones who are the connection to pretty much everything going on for a long time, you know, and it's as again, whether it's a, a child with a, a pediatric child or, or, or an adult, it's, it's a little different, but they're still the same kind of function and role. And then, and then you have the school system. <laughs> so how did that go? Well, Sam was a, he was referred to the Seattle Public School Special Education System by Children's Hospital mm -hmm. and they have did an evaluation of him and we got this very complete evaluation and um, 
that was very confusing because they look at it from a very different lens than the medical providers do. And, and we hadn't gotten adjusted to that. So they're trying to figure out what's the gap between um, what he's able to do and what he needs to do to right. learn in school. And pretty much just the educational, nothing about very little usually about that social emotional or any of those other pieces that go with that. You know, they're about are you a grade level reader, grade level math, grade level this and that. And it's like, well, there's other pieces of, that the brain are in charge of that are gonna affect this. And we need to be looking at our whole child as they used to say. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, and to your point, it took me a while to figure out that the disconnect between what was going on with Sam and what the school system was seeing that we had to really learn how to advocate for was Sam, like a lot of folks with brain injury does very well in a highly structured environment mm -hmm. where sensory input is controlled. And what I mean by that is it's quiet. It's the environment's predictable. The instructions are clear. The expectations are clear. And he's not dealing with the curveballs of other four and five-year-olds or a teacher who isn't able to give his or her full focus to Sam, et cetera. So when Sam showed up to the school district evaluation, we couldn't believe, we, we were there for the whole thing. We watched the whole thing. We couldn't believe how well he did. Um, and we really had to explain, I mean, he didn't do as well as a neurotypical four and a half year old would have done, or I guess he was five at the time, nowhere near as good as he would have done without the brain injury, but he still did better than we would have thought. And we really, really had to explain that what they were seeing was not what they would see were any other child in the room, mm -hmm. any other distraction mm -hmm. in the room or any other sensory input mm -hmm. in the room. And so, and the other difficult part I think about brain injury is a lot of the special education specialists are extremely knowledgeable and helpful with uh, kids who have autism, kids who have ADHD, et cetera. And that's what they know. And there seems to be a fair amount of overlap between Sam's experience at different stages and the autism spectrum and certainly ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a lot of specialists say that they can mimic each other, there's overlap, etc. Mm -hmm. But they're not in the Venn diagram of conditions, there's not a full overlap. No. And so you end up having to be the person to educate on what is brain injury? Mm -hmm. What are they seeing versus what's happening? What can we expect? What's the language and what are the needs? And that learning curve was so difficult. I will say we're so thankful for Seattle School District because they really, lo they looked very closely at Sam every time they evaluated him, did a deep dive and then did provide the services that he needed. So they put him right into a special education developmental preschool mm -hmm. at the end of the spring when he was before uh, kindergarten. Oh, and that great. was a very small controlled environment with other kids who needed a higher level of services. And that was nice because it put Sam back into a situation with peers because mm -hmm. he and his brother had been in full-time daycare their whole lives until mm -hmm. the accident mm -hmm. because Sims and I were always working. Um, so it, it gave Sam a sense of normalcy, but what it mm -hmm. really did was that special education teacher got to know Sam and his needs and then could connect with Sam's kindergarten teacher and right. really, and the IEP team. and The really IEP team at school, right, for ongoing, for that, for that soft transfer, you know, like we're going to, because now we, that's great. I mean, that's really a great story, Stacy. So I'm glad. And you it was nice too. That. Yeah. I, we were expected to be the experts on Sam, but we don't have any educational background. So that, that still is a point of confusion for me is I don't know what Sam needs as a rising fourth grader now. I don't know what a fourth grader is supposed to be able to do. So yeah, I can be an expert on Sam, but I can't bridge that connection to what he needs in the Good educational yeah. system. Right. I'm not a teacher. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you're in this spot where every time there's an evaluation, you, you, but it's like, of course, you want him to get, you know, flying colors and 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 do great, and, and right. you know. But on the other hand, you know that there are these evaluations. It's like I never. It's like I would say to Stacy, it reminds me of going to the. I'm a Huskies fan, so it reminds me of going to the Husky football spring game where the 
offense plays as a defense. You don't like, oh, we scored a touchdown, but then again, we gave a <laughs> we gave a touchdown, and so I never know what to root for because you you want you know your child to do well, but on the other hand, you know that they need services, and and that if they don't, you know, if if the testing doesn't show it, then you might not get those services, and then right. you have to advocate uh, for for those services, um, and it, so it's a it's a funny and and you mentioned the social emotional piece because it it increasingly really has been that for us that that that's where his his you know we, the the physical part after a year or two of a lot a lot of work really mm-hmm. began to you know come around um and the speech uh also you know has has improved significantly um, so the OT and PT sort of fell off, but, but, um, or I guess really it's OT ends up being, you know, kind of the social emotional piece really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we, um, I think we've really in the, in the sort of after the acute phase mm-hmm. have had to focus on, on behavioral regulation, uh, executive functioning, um, and, and, and those other social emotional issues, especially the social piece. It's, it, it, um, he spins up very quickly in social situations Mm -hmm. and, and has a, has difficulty, um, you know, controlling his emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's been sort of our, the, the long-term area of work, um, as he's settled into, you know, what is, you know, is, is sort of the, the the long-term phase of of his you know recovery. The the right. arc the arc of neurologic recovery we know is very very long, and we know it is not linear. Right, and, you know, and he was not... young, which is a really good thing, right? Oh, and so yeah. and so and sure. so as he grows, you know, that's gonna that's gonna be the gift for Sam. I mean, a part of it is he was very young when the injury occurred, and time is his friend, really. Yeah. And so having the what you're doing is is and you're it sounds like you know you've you've made the right friends. You know, I had yeah. a son who was not a brain injury, but other as you said, Stacey on the spectrum of others. And I made a lot of friends. And that's yeah. part of what you have to make the friends. Like who's mm-hmm. who do I need to know at the school? Who do I need to make sure knows who I am? And I have to talk as it's just what you said, Stacey. I'm not an expert in this, but I'm gonna learn enough to know how to some of the language and again that can be a barrier for so many families because you kind of have to come in there that they're like oh here's mom we gotta gotta be on it or here's dad they, they, they know what they're doing so they're, they're gonna make sure that their child is is gonna get what is needed and you do often even with really good school districts I live in a really good school district you still are that advocate and so you know, that is part of with, you know, BIAWA when we work with our parents with pediatric and injury survivors. That's a huge, I mean, we are at the IEP meetings. We are like, we're going to get a seat and we're going to sit here and you're going to know who we are. And here's our card because not all families have, you know, the gift of the two of you as parents. I mean, Sam's so lucky to have a family that's just really amazing you know from his brother to you two and the larger community that you've been able to lean on for yourselves and for sam um and so that's where i will say you can turn to the brain injury alliance in washington you can call us you can google us and for those listening we have folks who can help you with this navigation that's that's what we do that's our mission that's what we do every day because we want everyone to feel that same you know for everyone to have that same opportunity for the greatest opportunity for the child to recover. And sometimes you need those resources from the outside. Even you folks, you know, you were leaning on friends and leaning oh, on sure. we all do. It's just different. It's just, who is that resource? Who's, who's available? Who's well, going to take I, my hand when I stick it out and I say, I need help. Yeah. And I think that's where we want everyone to be aware of everything available. I, that's one of what's been uh, incredible for me, having joined the board um, of Brain Injury Alliance. I forgot uh, to Washington. mention that. Thank you. Yeah. So well, I, I'm member now of BIAWA. <laughs> I uh, and and um, I am grateful for the opportunity, and it's been um, I think one of my favorite parts is is learning more about what the organization offers and the amount of help. 
um, that that you all can give and the incredible staff, you know, um, that there is a resource line that is there and available with people that are just dying to pick up the phone and jump in and help any individual, any family with a brain injury to help navigate this stuff. And and as much as I wish that I knew about it earlier um, uh, uh, and, and that we had used the resources earlier um, when, when we were in the deep phase of, of confusion, as Stacy puts it, it's really gratifying to know that we can help the organization um, and that the organization in turn helps so many other families uh, and individuals that are experiencing brain injury because you got to have an advocate, you got to have support and and help to get through this because because recovery is out there, you know, mm -hmm. it, it really is no matter. Mm -hmm. and, and we've, you know, through the organization have seen it at all levels and all distances in terms of time from the, from the injury, you know, all, all durations that there's more recovery to be had um, with both the right medical support or the school support right. um, or the emotional <laughs> support um, right. and seeing the experience of other families with brain injury is so valuable because you know you're not alone in this. And actually, you know, there's a lot of crossover, as, as Stacy mentioned, with, you know, with spectrum uh, disorders or other, other disorders, especially on the social emotional piece. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a lot of crossover resources. Absolutely. Um, and, and great tools for additional recovery. Um, and so I've really been grateful to work with the organization um, and and to, to see it both selfishly because I learned so much and and feel that support from the brain injury community, but also to know that we're extending that helping hand. Yeah, 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 and that's it. You know, there's there's never never too many at the table. Right. So you know, if it's if right. if we can, we want to be of support. So as we kind of conclude here. Let's get a, an update on on Sam, kind of, because I know he plays a lot of baseball. Because yeah, yeah, Sam's yeah, gonna it, miss it, a meeting. It's for a baseball practice. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> right. That's right. Sam's finished his fourth grade and going into fifth. Because I heard fourth grade there. Or where's kind of what's Sam up to today? He is. Uh, he finished third grade and is going okay. into fourth now. Okay. Um. He. Uh, and, and I do believe, and um, this is this is my own personal belief, that in baseball there is salvation because <laughs> yeah, that's where we spend a lot of our time, uh, both of us. That's our particular family sport that we love, um, and, and I know there's a lot, of, a lot of other great sports that, that help people with with brain injuries. But it's been wonderful for Sam because yeah. we've watched him, you know, really have to go from learning, you know, relearning how to walk to. You know, he he's on his uh, West Seattle baseball Navy All Star team this year, and and playing at a, a high level. And you know, he still obviously struggles with the social emotional piece, yeah. and being on a team stresses that. Um, but it also, you know, as much as it builds the physical muscles, it builds his brain muscle. Absolutely. To, to work on that, and yeah. um, and you know, uh, Stacy's the team manager, and I'm one of the coaches, and you know, and we. Um, we, we are heavily involved, but it really is a great spot, a place for him to, you know, to continue to develop. Yeah. So he's doing, doing great there. And, and, um, and we, we had great support. Um, really, it feels like every year at Arbor Heights where he is, and he's just made great strides, great strides. Great. And he's, he's got a ways to go, but, um, he's, he's getting a lot of help with written expression this year and uh, organization and I mm -hmm. think those are going to be struggles for him but he published his first piece of writing that he's oh, done in a very long time he spent months on it um it is a very exciting story about dragons who live in caves and nice the mm -hmm. vocabulary and the adjectives and I could you know, it's a one page, yeah. half, half of a page of typed writing, which he'll tell everybody. It takes a lot of handwriting to produce one half page of typed <laughs> writing, right. but it's so exciting. And he's developing confidence in his right. academics and pride. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. that's, that's a 180 from prior mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. That's all due to the, the educators at the school. Mm -hmm. We're so thankful. So yeah. he's, thriving in the baseball realm and he's really getting his feet underneath him at school and 
you know, his friendships are a work in progress, but yeah. it's, it's, it's always improving. So you're continuing as a family to stretch his stretch yeah. him. Right. So he probably would love to just kind of hang out by himself or just do his own, yeah. but it's like stretch oh, yeah. and grow. Right. And all of that with school and everything else. And how's Pete doing? He's great. He's doing well. I think there were, you know, it, it took, there are some long-term sequelae for him and, mm -hmm. and this, you know, he wasn't hurt physically, but it was um, an emotional injury. He was there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we worked through it. You know, through I, it. I will say, and one other quick plug, yes. Stacey mentioned it briefly, but therapy um, and, you know, um, you know, all the therapies for Sam, but, but family um, therapy, talk, family therapy yes. talk therapy, for yes. us individually, us as a couple, us as a yes. family, you know, yes. I had, I have, I've told my clients that for decades, but doing it myself, I realized I should have been doing it for years and that kind of self-help and work, um, you know, on the emotional piece is just crucially important. Um, and so if anybody thinks that, oh boy, it's, you know, not for me, I hope they rethink that um, because it can be tremendously helpful for caregivers, for family members, for um, brain injury survivors, everyone involved. Um, and it was great for, for Peter and, um, and he's, you know, I think doing really well. He has to deal with a lot with a brother that is very volatile, but he's, he's doing, doing beautifully. Yeah. Sims and Stacy, I want to thank you for being willing to share your story because I know that this is a lot for families and I hope it was worth it. I guess it was. That. I hope yeah. it was. It was. Because the gift of your sharing of the story will support so many. Uh, one last little thing to Go say. For it. As as a board member and uh, part of our development team, I have to say you can always make a contribution to the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. There's lots of opportunities. Uh, so go, go online or contact one of us um, and we can help you find a way through your organization or individually. There are a lot of ways to support and we'd love to help. That's great, Sims. I won't have to say that in my closing. That'll oh, be yeah. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you, Deborah. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brain Injury Today. If you want to get in touch with our guests, you can find their information in the show notes for the episode. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. Give us a rating and share the podcast with your family and friends. And as always, you can find support by calling 877-982-4292 or by visiting biawa.org. And remember, you are never alone. Looking forward to seeing you next time on Brain Injury Today.